How have you been, Michael? I've been okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a little, it's, it's, what, two weeks? Two weeks before? It has been two weeks. Uh, it has yeah. been two weeks, yeah. Um, I've been okay. I've been, I actually took some time off and just took, uh, did something completely different. Yesterday was the first time I actually went on a solo uh, drive. I, I oh, maybe drove cool. maybe an hour away from where I live and just to get to like this very beautiful, um, isolated, like not wilderness, but kind of like it's a, it's a mountainous uh, region or area. Did you, did you take photos there or was it just like you were just decompressing? I was decompressing because it's funny. I brought my camera. I brought my drone, uh-huh. barely mm-hmm. even touched it. I mean, I, I, I looked at it and I'm like, maybe I should take a picture. <laughs> but at the same time, I just sat there and just enjoyed it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, I used to do that all the time in Hawaii. Like I would have like this shot list of like shots that I wanted to get. I would go out early, like Saturday mornings, I would go around the island and then I would get there and I'm like, no, I'm just going to sit here and stare at the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> There's something about just enjoying the moment that I think is yeah. very enriching. And I think it's mm-hmm. also essential for, for, for creatives, right? For creatives mm-hmm. and just people in general. I think, I think we've gotten so used to, uh, having to show something, having yeah. to, to, to show uh, proof of our experience somehow that we kind mm-hmm. of lose a part of that experience. And so yesterday was a practice on, I was basically just trying to enjoy the time. And it was great. That's good. Especially if you have kids, yeah. it's just like you want some peace and quiet every now and then. So it was... Uh, I need that. <laughs> but other than that, I've been okay. How, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. I um, I know you know, but our listeners don't know. I started a new job with a brokerage here in the town that I live in. Um, I'm basically their in-house uh, photographer and videographer. So that has been fun. Um, it's definitely different from anything that I've ever done. I've never, I mean, I did Airbnb shots like when I first started in photography, um, but I wasn't anything like this. Like the Airbnb company would just like send me shots that they needed. I would go and get it. But now I'm actually working in their office three days a week. And that is different and, and fun. I'm trying to just find my way there. Um, That's actually very exciting to hear because it's a new adventure for you. And it can new adventures bring new experiences. And I always say new experiences or uh, adventures bring new content. So yeah, so that's what I was I was about to say. I want to somehow turn like that job into content. So I'm trying to just learn them and you know things that I can and can't do. So right. So mm-hmm. we've been doing coffee with creators for almost two years now, which is crazy. And wild? Chelsea and I re- realized that. We've always talked about how coffee and creators is uh, an, basically me and Chelsea sitting in a coffee shop and talking about our day, what we do, and you know, content-wise, and just everything else in between. And we always invite people to come over and say, sit with us and have a chat. But we never actually have people talk. So this... It's just Michael and I like talking and excluding all of our friends, which yeah. is not what we want to do. That's not <laughs> what we want to do. So to try to rectify that, we are doing something a little bit new with Coffee Creators. And today is the first time we're doing this. And this is a very exciting day for me and Chelsea because we're bringing in a guest. Hi, this is Chelsea. This is Michael and we are Coffee with Creators. Come sit with us and let's talk about content creation and all things creative. So welcome to our scrappy little podcast. All right, brand new CWC. Sounds like I know. Network. I am so excited for this guest because Michael and I have never met him before. 
about 10 minutes ago when we invited him into the Zoom uh, the Zoom room. So yes. this is super exciting, and I will go ahead and let him kind of introduce himself, but his name is Wayne. Wayne, hi. Hi, Wayne. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, so yeah, I'll just say a bit about who I am. So I'm Wayne, a uh, software engineer uh, and also content creator in the UK here. Um, and my, I mainly do YouTube videos and I kind of try and bridge the gap between what you would say is consumer tech channels. So the, the kind of phones and consoles and the more in-depth like coding type channels. And I kind of bridge that gap by uh, building like physical things and uh, teaching people surf. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I've been doing. How did you that's get awesome. into the, uh, yeah, that's awesome. How did you get into the, the whole content creation space? What, was there an inspiration behind it or... Did you just want to yeah, try well, it? Yeah, well, I mean, so, I mean, I never intended to even be a software developer, let alone a, a content creator. It's just kind of something that I uh, fell into, started making websites when I was like 14 or something, and uh, just for fun, really. No one ever visited them, but, you know, I just build them <laughs> and build a new one or whatever. And, uh, yeah, so was, uh, I kind of got into tech, and then at a point, I guess I realized I'd learned enough that I, I was having fun building stuff, and I thought, well, maybe I should, you know, put some of these videos online. And so I just put a couple of videos on uh, the Raspberry Pi. If you've heard of that, it's like a small computer. I have. Mm -hmm. My husband is a big tech guy. He has like four or five of those Raspberry Pis. He's obsessed with yeah. them. Yeah, I so, love love those yeah. things. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I just I just put a couple of videos on, and then uh, they started getting like quite a lot of views, and I was really surprised. So uh, yeah, I just decided why not just keep making more, essentially, because it was something fun and uh yeah i didn't have any big ambitions out of it other than just well i'm I'm already having fun building these things why not you know teach other people how to do it too why not share it yeah exactly that's awesome yeah that's how a lot of content creators get started you kind of just fall into into it you know like i fell into it because i started with photography and then i moved here and i had this like space that i started like taking photos of and then it kind of just snowballed i guess mm -hmm. So yeah, that's cool. I love that. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing if I thought if I talk about what I do because it's I literally started right. this whole career of mine this this content creation side of it started because I took a picture of my desk, like that yeah, literally same. is how it started. Same. I took a picture of my desk. And I'm like, all right, it's kind of weird for me to talk about it. So it's exciting to know that. Um, like stuff like this does happen. So I think a lot of people who listen to this are wondering, what do I have to do? What big steps do I have to take for me to transition or maybe dip my toes into the, uh, the pool of content creation? And Wayne is a good example of like just sharing what just he does, what he, do he enjoys. Yeah. yeah. So how, yeah. how long have you been doing this, Wayne? Uh, I mean, I guess about two years ago, so not that long, really, I put up the first videos and I mean, they were terrible. The first ones looking back now, it's really embarrassing. It's like, I've got this, uh, this crop that's like the top of my shoulders to the top of my head. It's like a driver's license photo. It's like this weird yellow light going on. There's nothing in the background. Um, but then I kind of started taking it more, more seriously, maybe like a year and a half ago after the first couple of videos actually did well, I thought, oh, maybe I'll, you know, take this a bit seriously. So then, uh, you know, I got the mic and the camera and, and yeah. Taking it more seriously now and things look good. Right. Try try to up the, 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 the production quality, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That makes me happy though. Like uh, Chelsea, don't you agree that a lot of people, and I know you agree with this one because we've talked about this so many times, that a lot of people overthink things, right? Like when they want to try to yes. start creating content, they need to have the best camera, the best microphone, mm -hmm. the best everything. No, you have to start first what, with whatever it is that you have. And you just have to accept the fact 
that most likely your stuff is not going to look as great as how you imagined it in the beginning. Because you know why? Story is always important. So get your story that or the thing that you want to tell, get that together first, kind of like you did, Wayne. And then as you start growing and you start building, your content will look better and you can have better accessories or yeah, because you're called gear, I guess. Yeah, because yeah. you're finding a little bit more about yourself as well, right? Mm-hmm. The, would, is that how your experience was, Wayne? Like, did you know exactly what you wanted to do in terms of content? Or was it kind of like, okay, this is what I'm doing right now. Maybe I should share a little bit more of this. And then you're getting a little bit of feedback from people. Talk us yeah, through yeah, this. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the feedback. Like, I, I just started out building the things that came to mind. And then some of the comments actually said, like, oh, why don't you you do this or build this particular thing? And so I actually got inspiration from the, the people that were watching the videos. Um, I, it gets to a point, though, at which you're like, you know, you have to have this fine balance between, you know, I've got all these fun things in my head, but they might not necessarily be that interesting to everyone else. Whereas there's other ideas that you could go down, which are uh, more popular, I guess, like, talking about like phones, for example, or something that's, that's, you know, everyone has a phone, not, not everyone even knows what a Raspberry Pi is, right? So then it's a a real balance between like what, what content you put out that is purely something you enjoy that, you know, might not necessarily get the views or something that, you know, people will absolutely know about, but isn't something you're quite so passionate about. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's finding that, that balance, I think. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely agree. So where Mm -hmm. are you in that balance right now? Where where would you yeah. would you see you are most effective? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, I I really do just try and put out the stuff that I'm most interested in. I've had a couple of brands reach out, like uh, uh, brands mostly not really heard of. Um, you know, trying to push their products. And it's like, well, I'm not really interested in that. I don't think my or mainly, my, I don't think my audience are going to be as interested in that. So I've not really engaged with it. The only one recently um, that I've recently engaged with is is one to do with uh, hosting for websites because that's something that I was you know playing with anyway and I was going to make a video on it and they reached out and said, do you want to make a video? And it's like, well, I'm already making one, so sure, why, why, why not kind of thing. <laughs> oh, that's great. But yeah, yeah, I, it's, it's, yeah, like I say, I think it's uh, good to have that community. I might not have as many subscribers, for example, as some of the really big channels, but I know that all the people that do watch my videos are genuinely interested because it's the stuff that, that, you know, I talk about every time the Raspberry Pis, the coding, the that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I get the same people commenting all the time, which is really great. It's like this community that's built up. Mm-hmm. That's great. I love that you have found your community, albeit small, a small community, as you as you say. You still you found that small group of people and you're listening to them. I love to hear that. Yeah, that's huge. I love that. You're kind of catering to them. That is like I feel like you will really grow in this content creation space because you are doing those things. Exactly. So that's awesome. Yeah, I hope so. So yeah. I have to ask, because you guys know what a Raspberry Pi is. And I, here, <laughs> old Michael here is just scratching his head. like It's about this big. <laughs> what is it? And it's a computer. Yeah. Yeah, it's about this big and it's a computer. Your listeners won't won't see it, but uh, on camera, yeah, it's it's like the size of my hand and it's a full-blown computer. And so the the Raspberry Pi Foundation, as it started out, was, uh, you know, founded to make these really small computers that they could give out to kids in schools that would teach them how to basically code basic things like Python, but also... Uh, how to do electronics because it's got little pins on so you can control like little LEDs or speakers or buzzers or things like this. And so the idea was that uh, it would teach kids, um, you know, maybe start of secondary school, uh, I think that's high school in in the US, um, 
coding and, and how to build these electronic stuff. And it really, really took off. Uh, but now it's got to a whole nother level where, you know, you've not just got the foundation teaching kids. You've got, um, you know, lots of hobbyists like me that buy these things and build like little robots and uh, price stickers that show the Bitcoin. And so now they've got like a whole trading arm, which is just, you know, selling to people. And actually, there's a lot of uh, devices that you'll you'll buy out there that you won't even know. Like if you go to an airport and you see their... Uh, there are big screens that tell you like what planes are arriving, what's delayed, all that kind of thing. It's probably running on a Raspberry Pi behind the scenes. Like there, there's so many uses of these things that that people use in industry as well. Okay, so trying Michael to stunned. yeah, trying to yeah. unpack <laughs> unpack all of this. You know what excites me the most is the fact that it's something completely normal. It's almost like me saying, hey, oh, this is probably a bad uh, example, but hey, this is the engine of a car and look at all the <laughs> things that we can do or that it can do. And somehow people who who talk about Raspberry Pi, who, who know how it works and who know how to build it, has made, it's almost like a game. It's almost like a, a toy for, for people. It sounds like yeah. it. Yeah, it really, it really is. So James made a car for Luca what? and the remote, <laughs> yeah. He, so he built the car, like the body of the car, out of Kinect's toys. And then he, of course, like the computer was the Raspberry Pi, and he configured it or whatever to, so Luca controls the car with an old Wii remote. Insane. It's wild. It's wild. That is it's insane. really cool. So yeah. when, do you, when you create these things using the Raspberry Pi, do you find, is it more of like the uh, the the... the you're trying to understand how it works or is it more like you're just having fun? You're, it sounds like you're literally just playing. Yeah, it's basically just like an, an adult <laughs> version of, you know, Lego or Meccano or whatever, whatever those things are. It's just like a more grown-up version, right? That's so. fantastic. And the fact that it's actually usable. I mean, let's be honest. If I had a bunch of Legos here, no matter how good I am at Lego building, you can't really... There's no real-world applications for it. I mean, I guess <laughs> yeah. there are, but not like the Raspberry Pi, because you can, you can. It sounds like you can pretty much build almost anything with it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you really yeah, can. You, it, it, it is a niche. So, like mm -hmm. you say, there's not everyone knows about it, but you know, the people that do uh, use it and know about it, they just become obsessed because you can code and build ba any, basically obsessed. anything you can imagine that you can code or build with electronics. Like, is it expensive? Is it expensive to no, start? So that that was the that was the main selling point, I guess, of the original foundation charity, which was they were going to give these things out for I can't remember exactly. It was about thirty pounds, which is I don't know maybe thirty five dollars or, or something mm -hmm. like that uh, to for each kid. So if you think a school schools pay thousands for all kinds of things, electronic whiteboards, projectors. So to to be able to give all their kids Raspberry Pis, it's the price of like you know, a projector or something in, in right. a classroom. So yeah, they're, they're really, really cheap. And there's uh, another one, which is the Raspberry Pi uh, Zero, which is like even even smaller. Even this, smaller, this thing yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, this thing is tiny and it's like half the size of a credit card and it's, uh, I think it's about 15 pounds. It's just insane. It, I'm just kind of like blown away right now. I'm looking how small <laughs> these things are, but yeah, that's crazy. So I know James got started by buying the kits and they're a little bit more expensive. They come with... I guess like other things, but if you just buy the one by itself, isn't it like a hundred dollars or something? Like yeah, I the mean, newest. It's, it's, I think the newest one he bought was like a hundred bucks. I'm not maybe sure. maybe the the pricing in America is probably different because the Raspberry mm -hmm. Pi Foundation is based here in the UK, so I don't know mm -hmm. about the shipping. But but yeah, certainly uh, just the thing alone is is 
maybe 40, 50 pound for the brand new one. If you get yeah. the kits, yeah, you get like a keyboard, you get a mouse. Sometimes you get some like accessories, like little electronics. And yes, mm -hmm. I mean, still even like a hundred pounds, that's, that's not a lot really for being able to build yeah. like robots and all kinds of cool stuff. Okay. So I'm yeah. trying to understand. Okay. So when you started building, playing with the Raspberry Pi, does did that start before you started coding or did coding start before that? Like I'm trying to put yeah, things together. I, I guess it was kind of simultaneously. So when I uh, went to university, the uh, first year, like the very first uh, lecture, they just basically handed us out these Raspberry Pis and no one knew what they were at the time because it was brand new. And I've still got the original one, although unfortunately I, I blew it up so it doesn't really work anymore but it's uh, <laughs> but but yeah it was like so people were like what are these things so we're kind of learning to code at university and also playing about with this thing at the same time but then it kind of and actually you'll find this a lot of people that have those original raspberry pis kind of there's almost too many things to do with it and so you don't know what to do with it so a lot of people just have them sat in a drawer and like <laughs> ne don't touch them for years uh, but i think that it's kind of come back now where people are, are kind of watching these videos again starting to pull them out of, you know, the dusty drawers and, and yeah. start using them because, you know, it's just become such a thing again. Do you have to, you, I'm imagining you have to know code to, to, to try to... I mean, yeah, there's the there's a, a tool called Scratch and it's the idea is, again, it's back to this like original idea of teaching kids how to code. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you start up the Raspberry Pi and it's just like a computer essentially. So if you can use a mouse and keyboard, you can you can use the basic interface. And this scratch, it's like you've got these little puzzle pieces and it's like uh, uh, create a rabbit is like one puzzle piece. And then like rabbit walks forward is another puzzle piece. And so you drag these puzzle pieces together and then over time you'd see this little animation. And that's kind of the first idea of coding is actually these these statements as they're called, which make something happen. And then once, once the kids learn that, or even an adult actually, anyone that wants to learn coding, once they've learned like the premise of these puzzle pieces, then they can then move on to like a proper programming language, like something like Python, which um, is fairly straightforward in terms of it looks like English. Um, and, and so you don't need to know programming to get started. It's actually a really good tool to, to use to learn programming. Uh-huh. Oh, I, we have a couple of friends who are programmers and er, half of the time, I, I'd say 90% of the time when they're talking about stuff like that, I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I completely yeah. don't know what's going on. <laughs> but they're familiar. Um, they sound familiar to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. James is, he's a programmer, my husband, and he's always talking about stuff. I'm like, English, please. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking there is about. A there is a lot of jargon when, when you become a software yeah. developer and people just start throwing around acronyms and, and yes, yeah, it's, it's very, it's like, uh, I guess, photography for you. If, 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 you know, a couple of photographers having a discussion about like the F-stop and the, the focal <laughs> range and then other people are like, what, what is this? I guess I can yeah. see that. Like I've seen the, the weird true. looks that I get, like, what are these guys talking about? It's like a completely different, different language, but I get it. Yeah. So, um, what does, what does your content look like? Does it more, does it resemble more of, um, uh, Raspberry Pi or more on coding? Is there a difference or yeah, they, so, do they work head in hand? So I, I did put out a few videos that were just pure coding, but I think there's already, to be fair, quite a lot of good channels out there that teach the in-depth in coding. So they didn't do as well and I, I, I didn't enjoy them as much. So I felt like the thing to do is create more of the tutorials. So a lot of my tutorials in, involve, um, you know, maybe it's some physical thing, maybe it's just... Uh, just coding, but it's always like an aim to do something. It's not just like learning coding for the sake of coding. It's like, here's a cool mm -hmm. thing you can make and here's how you do it. And um, I'm trying to do a bit 
of Raspberry Pi and a bit of other stuff. Because as I say, it is definitely a niche. There's only so many people in the world that know about you know Raspberry Pis or, mm -hmm. or care about them. And so uh, trying to do more tutorials that are you know of, of interest to everyone really um, is what I'm trying to build now. I kind of think that's pretty cool though to have such a niche uh, thing yeah. because you you know exactly who your audience are, and you don't have to look for them. But I mean, obviously, yeah. I get it. Like you do want to appeal to a wider um, audience, and I think I'm part of the wider audience because I'm not that smart. And so if I yes, find <laughs> if I see a video, because I like what Wayne said, he said that um, it's almost like the fundamentals of it. Like if you want to learn how to do it, there has to be an end goal. This is the end mm -hmm. result. And it's not like because if I were to type in like how to code, it's probably <laughs> like a bunch of jargons that I don't understand right off the bat. But if someone said, OK, do you want to do the, um, if you want to learn how to code, we can make this little penguin right here walk around. And let's do that using code. So that's a lot friendlier to me. That's a lot friendlier mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. That's a lot less intimidating. I would most likely watch it because I want to I want to see that penguin walk across the screen. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's yeah, that, yeah. That, I think that's a that's a very good. Um, first of all, that's a very good niche. I think because it's let's face the fact that everything is moving digital, right? Mm -hmm. Most of, most mm -hmm. of the things are digital now. As a matter of fact, I had this conversation with a realtor. This was like two years ago before COVID. Um, I spoke to this realtor. He's a young guy, but he he lived in a very big house. That's all I can remember. He lived in a very big house. He was like 27. And I'm like, I have to ask, what do you do? And he goes, I'm actually, I was in real estate, but then he switched to programming, he said. And I said, oh, wow. really? And he said, yeah. And this was a while back. And he goes, yes, because this is the future. All the kids that I come across, I always tell them, if you want to get into something, get into programming, get into like at least learning the basics of like coding and all that stuff. Because everyone, you know, we're all going to be using computers in the future. So we need people who know how to work them. Right. And I said, I mean, that does make sense. So it you just rem talking to you, Wayne, just reminded me of that conversation I had a few years ago. So I'm still fascinated, but I feel like I'm just not that person, you know what I mean? <laughs> I want to learn more about yeah, it, but I, I'm just intimidated. So I, Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people can do it. But yeah, like you say, there, there is, like, people just aren't necessarily into the same things. Like, uh, yeah, you, you have to be of a certain mindset to to be a programmer, I guess, or to want mm. to be a programmer. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it is it is the future, as you say. Like, uh, I think I saw in the news recently, Tesla are replacing people with, like, bots in the future like physical actual like robotic i saw that people. one i got scared yeah <laughs> and so like the, wow, the only way you I can keep a job there that. is like become a programmer right to actually program the bot itself so. right yeah it reminded me of um <laughs> have you seen that movie chelsea um uh, what was that with will smith oh, oh iRobot. robot i robot yeah that's yeah. it it reminded me of that i'm like that's not scary at all <laughs> that when when Wayne said that they were replacing like people with robots, that is the first thing that popped in my head, like the look of those robots yeah. from that movie. Yeah, yeah so it's funny. I think we're far we're still far away from mm. from that becoming a reality, but it's moving towards that direction. And I yeah. at least I can see that. I mean, just look at cars. Cars right yeah. now are all automated and it's just all the car pages that I follow, they don't talk about conventional cars anymore. They're talking about like all these yeah. cool things that you can do in a car, except for driving it. I'm like, this is kind of insane. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like I, a house now. I, yeah, I agree. I don't think we're like, I don't think it's going to be so aggressive like in that movie, iRobot, you know, like where the robots are trying to like take over. <laughs> but I definitely agree. Like 
the future is going to be something less than that. You know, like yeah, yeah. robots are going to be doing a lot more than they're doing now, but not as aggressive as, as yeah that's true yeah. because yeah. when i was a kid i thought that the year 2000 by the year 2000 we would have flying cars flying and I'm cars still yeah. yet to see a single flying <laughs> car yeah it's so funny my son asked that too because he was watching uh back to the future and you know how they're talking about like flying cars in like 20 i think it was like 2020 or something right or i think it was, le- it was or yeah sooner than that 2018 or <laughs> yeah, something, something like and that, luca yeah. was like aren't we in 2020 and there's no flying cars? Like, hey, that was like a prediction that they had made, you know, for that movie. He's like, well, where are the flying cars? He was like so upset that we didn't have them yet. I love how we yeah. started talking about what Wayne does to to, to killer robots, flying to flying cars. It's just like <laughs> yeah. went off on a tangent. So Wayne, yeah. what does your day, your typical day look like? Do you, you said you work at a, um, at a software company, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I started out uh, after uni, I worked for the, the government for a bit. And uh, that was kind of my, my dream job in a way, because my parents are very much like working class, like just head down, work as hard as you can to get the, you know, to, to get the best job. And so I worked for the government for a number of years. And then I, I kind of got disillusioned after a while because I found that, you know, the cleverest people were working there, but they weren't being recognized for their work. I don't know what the government jobs are like in the US, but in the UK, they're not very well paid. And you spend a lot of your time doing paperwork just to prove that that you can do your own job, let alone like thinking about promotions and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I thought, okay, th- this is the time to become a, a contractor. And at that point, you know, you- I could see freelance photographers, freelance web designers. And so I thought if I become a contractor, I can kind of value myself, set my own rate, and then I can go and apply for the jobs that I think that I would enjoy. And so that's what I did. And so for the past few years, I've been uh, working as a contractor. So I, you know, I find a company that's looking for someone. I work there for a, a few years, maybe, or a few months to a few years, and we work on a, a project. So then, you know, my, my days involve working with um, uh, my colleagues. Some are contractors, some are employees, and we um, we essentially like huddle in the morning. We talk about the things we're going to build that day, um, uh, any problems we might have, and then we go away and we just start coding it essentially. And uh, uh, some days it's pretty much, you know, head down, uh, headphones on and you don't really see anyone. And then other days it's like, oh, actually there's there's like some really complex architectural uh, problems that we need to solve. And so we might have like a room full of people or it might just be a couple of experts on a topic and we'll sit down with our, our laptops and kind of go through some different ideas or even a whiteboard and draw out some different ideas. So the days can be quite varied, actually, like um, it, some people can think that coding is just like a lonely job, just sat there, like I say, a head down. Cody, but actually no there's there's a lot of discussions and architectures and and meetings and quite fun stuff that get you know that happens in a day i want to be a coder now it sounds like a cool right? job. <laughs> it sounds so fun so do you work from home or do you work in an office yeah so i i was working i was uh contracted at uh, one of the big uh supermarket chains uh just before covid uh and then that contract came to an end and i switched to like an insurance company and it's funny because as, as a coder like I don't, I don't necessarily need to know the ins and outs of, of a company so like I was working in a retail company and now I'm working for an insurance company. I don't know squat about insurance, but, you know, <laughs> code's code wherever you go. Uh, yeah. And since since then, since the start of the pandemic, we've literally been working from home every single day. I went into the office once, which was uh, just two weeks ago, and finally met everyone that I've been working with for the past year because I'd only <laughs> seen them on, like, Zoom calls. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. That's funny. That is amazing. That sounds, that sounds me sounds like me in a real estate like office. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know squat. Like they're talking to me like all the time, like about brokers and agents. And I'm like, 
I don't, I don't know what you're talking I'm about. I'm just here to press the <laughs> English, button. English, please. I was like, I'm just the photographer. Like, you know, I'm just the creative. <laughs> I'm just here to press but the I get button. It. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. when did, uh, at what point of your career did you decide to like put your first video out on YouTube? Uh, well, the first one was, yeah, I think I said it was a couple of, a couple of years ago, the first video came out and I didn't really think anything of it. It was just like, here's something I'm doing. I'll record it. I'll put it out there. And I actually forgot about it for, uh, I think it was a good couple of months. And I looked back and it had like a thousand views or something, which isn't, isn't bad for the first one. And so I was like, oh, okay. Totally so people can. might be interested in this. And so that's when I, I started doing that really. So it was around the same point as I started becoming a contractor. I, I then, you know, had time to play about with stuff at home and record the videos and stuff. And so that's when I did it. All right. That's awesome. It, let me just yeah. put like a little pin on that. What, what, uh, what Wayne just, uh, mentioned when he said that there's a thousand views, that sounds like maybe to, to you who is listening to this, you're probably thinking that's, that's a lot or that's not a lot. Right. To me, that's a lot. That's a right? lot. Did it, you, I was like, that's incredible. That's incredible. Like, if that's you so had, good for your first video. Yeah, if you had like, just think about this. If you had something to say, and you had 10 people right in front of you, that's a lot of people listening to you right now mm -hmm. of whatever it is that yeah. you have to share. A thousand people, and that's going to keep that's growing. A that's a lot. So if you're a new yeah. content creator and you're discouraged about the numbers, like I only have 50 views, that's 50 people. That's a lot of people. Don't worry <laughs> about it. That's a lot it. of so, people. Yeah. If 50 people were in my office right now, I would be overwhelmed. I'd be kicking <laughs> like them out. like a TikTok out. that went around. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's awesome, Wayne. So do you think that, uh, right now at this point of your your content creation journey is this something that you think you will maybe eventually be doing full-time or is it just kind of like for fun on the side i mean i i think i'd really like to be doing it full-time i think most content creators would do i see the channel as it is being uh you know of a size where i could do it full-time maybe not i think the topics i talk about are too niche right now i mean i could be wrong there could suddenly be you know thousands of people uh watch, watching the videos every day but it is it is quite niche but having said that it's something that i can build upon so uh, i just last week uh, released a udemy course actually on uh, on the raspberry pi because i thought well i've been putting it on youtube i'll do like an entire start to finish like how to use a Raspberry Pi, set one up and everything. And so uh, I don't really know how that's going. I've kind of put it out there and just kind of forgetting about it for a couple of weeks and we'll mm -hmm. see how it goes. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then there might be other options. So I've got like a blog that I've been running for a little while. I call it DevScover. Um, and so, you know, people people actually visit that site unlike my, my own site. And so, you know, from that, I'm thinking, you know, maybe I could actually start creating some physical products like uh, that, that coders and Raspberry Pi people could use. I've got a 3D printer just behind me like I think I could start out with some prototypes and then and you, you see what I mean there's lots of different things that I could do that's not just solely like YouTube but from that building upon it like Udemy here and then some you know, physical shop there and other other things you know what I love about this whole thing is that everything that you you just mentioned it's things that you want to make you want to build mm -hmm. not because someone told you this is what you should yeah, be doing this is what, no yeah. it's all you and I, I can just imagine the level of pride or maybe i don't know if that's the right word but like that sense of pride that you have for the things that you've created and you're sharing and people are responding to it like how does that make you feel as an individual yeah yeah it is it is amazing i mean like you say just even getting those first few people watching the video is is crazy to think that people actually you know watch me and are interested in the things that i have to talk about and yeah because I, I do think uh, there's there's quite a few people maybe maybe also the younger generation that want to be content creators just for the sake of it um but i definitely think you know 
finding something you're interested in is the most important first step because it's something that's going to keep you going forever. Like if, if you don't necessarily succeed straight away, like some people get, you know, a million views on their first video, but some people can be three or four years before they even hit the few thousand. So if you're just making videos for the sake of it, you're maybe not going to have that perseverance. But if you're doing something you're really interested in and enjoy doing, and it's just like, if people view it anyway, then that's an added bonus. Then I think that's, that's definitely the way to go. Yeah. I agree with I that agree. one. How do you feel about that mm -hmm. one, Chelsea? Like, cause I know there's like I, two schools of like the tr train of thought for, for that you're for creating content. What's your, what's your take on that one? Yeah, I definitely agree that if you are making content surrounding something that you are passionate about, it's number one, going to be a lot easier for you to create that content. And number two, like if it's just like a side thing that you're not like solely focused on, you know, it's, it's also easier because I don't know, for me personally, like if I'm being forced to create something just for the sake of like getting it out there, it's not as, it's not as fun. No, it's, it's not, not as, as fun. And you're it's not, mm -hmm. you know. It's not sustainable too. Like that's how I mm -hmm. feel as well. It's like the reason why I talk about the things that I like to talk about and um, share the things that I like, it's because it's sustainable for me. I mean, no, mm -hmm. I, I'm just trying to imagine like someone waking me up early in the morning and say, go talk about this product. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, yeah, like, no, thank you. I'm not interested mm. in that. But if I'm, I'm excited, okay. yeah, if I'm excited about something, right, then I want to be the first one to share it. And I think that's mm -hmm. where the enthusiasm comes in. And that's where it's always going to be, um, I, the way I see it, it's always going to be a long game, right? Like you play the long game. Like you just mm -hmm. keep creating the content that you're interested in. Eventually you're, you'll attract the people who are, like you who are also interested in the same things and because you've been playing the long game it's much easier for you to keep creating the content and it's just sustainable but obviously some people i think wayne didn't mention it but you know uh he was saying that some people are looking for or maybe uh maybe some people are wishing that their their post would go viral and this will take off and so they're chasing after this this um perception as if uh it's like I know this is going to be, this might be the next viral thing, which is great. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. I won't, I don't think it's bad, but the question you have to ask yourself is that, is it sustainable? Can you keep doing this? Because there's only so much patience and energy someone can put towards a project that they're not really passionate about. They're just hoping yeah. that it'll take off. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but that's mm -hmm. my personal yeah. opinion. Um, yeah. I don't know. Go back. Let's go back to Wayne. <laughs> Michael's talking yeah, so I mean, much. Back, there, there are exceptions. Wayne. There are exceptions that, you know, you see people that are just genuinely the kind of people that have that kind of charisma and uh, just have the ability to put out a video and it just be so, I don't know, fun or interesting or, or appealing in some way. I mean, Mr. Beast is, is, is an example that everyone knows, right? I mean, mm -hmm. his, view, his views, like he puts out a video and they get tens of millions of views per video. And it's just incredible, but not everyone. I mean, some people, that's perfectly fine if that's what you, you want to do. Um, but yeah, other people, there's a lot more people I think out there that have tried creating channels and got disillusioned with it and maybe stopped because it's very easy to see all the successful channels out there, but you don't see like the thousands of ones that, that didn't succeed as well. And mm -hmm. I think for a lot of those, if they're, if they're like trying to be like the, the Mr. Beast type, just put out, as you say, videos that, that gain the views. Uh, that might not be the way forward. And for them, maybe it's worth focusing on something that's interesting. I think it just depends on the individual person, really, and it does, what they yeah. want to achieve out of it. It does. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about disappointments. 
and frustrations. Have I'm sure you've also come across a couple of those, especially in your, you know, in everything that we do, like whatever your job is, we always get that. So in the world of content creation, how has your journey been so far? Have you experienced any of those like major ones or just the usual? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I try and focus as best I can on, you know, putting out the stuff that I enjoy, working on projects that I enjoy, because if I work on something that I don't enjoy and I just aim for it to do well, if it doesn't do well, then I get extremely disappointed. Whereas if I put out Mm -hmm. a video that I've just enjoyed making and it and it doesn't do well. It's like, well, I had fun making the thing in the first place anyway. So, um, yeah, you know, there are disappointments. There's videos that, you know, you put out there and you think, oh, I think this is going to do really well. And then it maybe doesn't do as well as you think. But at the same breath, you've got videos that you just think, you know, it's not going to do that well. And then it, it does. And it's like some videos really surprise me in terms of how well they do. And I think I know a lot of people try and work out the algorithm. I I just think it's a, like this black box of magic. Like, there's no <laughs> way of working out the algorithm. <laughs> That's what I think as well. Like, it's just a magical box. Like, if it picks it up, it'll pick it up. There's, not, only, exactly, yeah. there's only one person that I know, and he's probably listening to, listening to this, who is just almost like a, insane when it comes to the analytics. Like, he knows oh, how know to read it. Yeah, about. he knows how to read it. Yeah. I admire this guy because he's just like, I know how this is going to perform better, and he'll he'll give us his like little um, ideas and say this. Maybe you should do this. And I've tested some of the things that he said, and I'm like, they do yeah. work. So he really <laughs> does have a very different way of looking at things. And I'm like, he knows the magical box. He, let's he understands he the magical box. I'm looking at it. Yeah, the- it's like me turning on the microwave. I'm like, how does that work? Magic. That's how it works. <laughs> it just heats it up. I push the button. It cooks my food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Wayne, so what else do you think um, is next for you? What's the next step? Do you want to make bigger videos? Do you want to make longer? Is it still going to be more of the tutorial type? I know there's a lot of people who, the way I see programmers, um, it's kind of been, mm, I can't think of the word. I can't think of a classier word, but it's been sexified. (laughs) Oh my like, god. I see Chelsea. Like, uh, Why? No, because when I see when I see programmers on Instagram, they have like the coolest setups. They have like the coolest looking true. lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like true, true, true. it's not nerdy. I mean nerd being a nerd or nerdy is not a bad you're thing. You're thinking of a you're thinking of a raw, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> it's a raw. It's it a is. Yeah, it's a exactly. raw. It's like, I want to have this guy's life. You know what I mean? This Th- dude is so cool. Yeah. He, like, That's how he looks it looks like to me. Yes. He coolest life. So now I'm imagining myself, like if I were in that realm, if I were in that space where I, I know how to code, I'm a programmer, whatever it is, man, like I, people are probably, and this includes me, right? Like I'm so curious as how their day looks. Like what is it like to live like a programmer, like a software developer or whatever you call you guys, um, <laughs> robot maker? But you know what I mean? Like, have you considered, Wayne, that maybe it's something that people want to see, like what your day looks like? I know they, uh, videos that are themed a day in a life are mm-hmm. very popular on YouTube. Have you considered making something like that? Yeah, I've like not thought that one, that's, that's a good idea, yeah. I mean, software engineers' days are, are very, very... It's, it's, there's a box which is like just a software engineer, but actually there's so many different uh, sections, I guess, or, or branches of it because you've got kind of the real web designers and they're, they're um, you know, really into the exact graphics, like how things look and stuff like that. You've got the the kind of back-end developers where they, they don't even 
touch anything that the users see. It's all purely like the algorithms and stuff. Um, you got people that build the infrastructure, and there's you know a lot of stereotypes with the different uh, types of people that that work in those areas. So. Uh, you know, the stereotype of the front end engineer is, is funnily enough, wearing black, a black T-shirt and uh, and like uh, there's minimal aesthetic and that kind of thing. Whereas the, the back end developer is more like, uh, I guess, how you would have perceived the, the nerds in the older, like the 90s films, with like the, the beer cans everywhere and the pizza boxes and stuff That's like that. James! <laughs> we're laughing he so here because, clutter. because when Wayne mentioned the black shirt, I'm wearing a black shirt right now, and he pointed at my <gasps> at my camera, and I was just like laughing because I'm like, this is the this is the only shirt that I saw when I when I opened my drawer this morning, <laughs> so like I'll just wear it. So, but I am not yeah. a software engineer, for God's sake. <laughs> anyway, That's continue, so continue, Wayne. Yeah, yeah. So there's just there's lots of different uh, types of people, I guess, that are software engineers. And those stereotypes aren't always true. But, um, but yeah, it'd be really interesting for me to make uh, a video about what my life is like as a, as a software engineer, because I kind of do all kinds of stuff. I don't really fit into any of these boxes. I, I do some front end stuff, back end stuff. I, as you see, I do electronics with the Raspberry Pi. So yeah, my day is quite varied. Wayne definitely has that, um, the, the I guess the attitude, not attitude, but like the, the characteristics of a creative. Like you don't want to be put in a box, you know what I mean? Like that, that that bothers me so much. I hate working in a cube. Just the fact that there's like gray walls around me. I don't like that. So that when, when, when Wayne's talking about his, his day, it just reminds me of that very, very much. So yeah, well, that's interesting. So, um, Wayne, what's the, uh, uh, what do you call this? What's the best performing video that you've, you've done so far? Oh man. Uh, that's a good question. Actually, there was, uh, the one that I actually en- enjoyed doing the most, and I don't think it's got the most views, but but uh, the actual Raspberry Pi Foundation picked it up, and they liked it so much that they actually wrote their own blog post about it and linked to the video, which is really nice How of them. Cool! And it was That's like awesome. I built this thing, and so it's a Raspberry Pi with a little screen and a camera, and I pointed it at a Scrabble board because I was playing Scrabble with with my my wife or she was girlfriend at the time, and she wins every game of Scrabble like. <laughs> Everything. She's, she's not. Her first language isn't even English, and she still manages to beat me in all these games. I love it. <laughs> yes, that's so cool. <laughs> and so I build this thing, and it, it looks at the Scrabble board, and it and it looks at your tiles, and then it would go through like a, a dictionary of all the words, and it would it would use like optical character recognition to work out what your letters are, go through the dictionary, and work out what the possible uh, things you could play on the Scrabble board are. So it was like quite this complex thing. And uh, I mean, I still didn't beat her even with this thing running, but uh, <laughs> yes, that's but, so yeah, cool. it's, it's just a cool project. I'm so, laughing yeah. here because I love how Wayne keeps losing to his wife. So his next step is to cheat. <laughs> I love it. I know. <laughs> I'm something. dying. That's so good. He's like, I'm going mean, to create this thing so I can win. And then he still doesn't win. <laughs> I mean, you say cheat. It's this, this massive thing, right? It's like a big box with this camera with all these cables because it wasn't like so cable management. So took up the whole desk. So she knew what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it's just hilarious because it's like, it sounds like me. It's like, I can't win at this game. Let me try to find ways that I can, I don't know, try to beat this person. So <laughs> I just can't win. I love it. That's an awesome. So was. Was that a video you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a video. What's a video you created. Oh, you have to link oh us God. to that video. I want to watch yes. this video. This is we have to so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love it. That's awesome, Wayne. Um, what what other things that you think uh, that you can share with people who are listening right now who want to to try to follow your footsteps? Because I think content creators, yeah. we sometimes forget that one of the reasons people follow us is because they want to understand what our days are, what our lives are, and maybe. 
a lot of them also want to try to emulate that. So for people who are listening to you or following you, um, what advice would you give them? Sure. Um, so I think there's, there's a piece of advice I see often and read a lot in uh, many, many books, which is like surround yourself with very successful people. And I agree with it in part, but I think it's a very double edged sword, right? Because you you surround yourself with all of the people that say doing really well on YouTube. Let's say you just want to be a, a YouTuber and you surround yourself with all the really successful YouTubers with the big numbers and you only watch their videos and it's meant to pump you up and give you inspiration. And it does in, in some respects. And those those people encourage you. But at the same time, if you're only surrounding yourself with those kind of people, uh, you're obviously you're going to compare yourself naturally. It's natural to compare yourself. And then you're always going to feel less because everyone else is very successful, right? So it's important to, I think, um, definitely surround yourself with successful people, but also get, keep yourself grounded and talk to people that's, you know, living everyday lives and really think about the things that you do achieve. So when you do get one video that's, that, you know, has a few thousand views, you think, well, that's a thousand views more than any of these other people that, that have, you know, thought about YouTube, but not actually had the drive to do it. And that's something that you can really value in yourself. So yeah, definitely like it's, it's hard not to compare yourself, but surround yourself with the people that's successful, but keep yourself grounded with everyone else as well. I think that's important. That is fabulous. That's, that everyone is the needs best, to hear this. You know what, Wayne, best piece of advice. You get this. You get that. You get a round of applause. <laughs> that's uh, everyone need it needs to hear that. That's very, that is so very good. true. Michael, Michael and I have talked about that so many times, but I don't think we've ever put it in such a good perspective that you mm -hmm. just did. So that's fabulous. I love that. Definitely not okay, as elegant. Hope it helps. <laughs> we've no, that's we good, don't. Norm normally, I'm not very uh, eloquent in my speech, so uh, I'm glad I put <laughs> something together there. <laughs> no, that was very good. Thank you for sharing that. That's good. All right, Wayne. Yes. Well, we have probably reached that time in the podcast. Uh, because I'm sure everyone who's listening also have their own jobs and they have to go do something. But um, before we go, we would uh, would you like to share, if you can, please share your social media links or anything that you'd like to promote. I'm sure people who are listening to this would love to check out your stuff, your work. They and, want to find you, yes. for sure. <laughs> sure. So uh, my main site is just my name, waynecavell.co.uk. That kind of links to all of the things I create, uh, the YouTube channel and stuff. I had this... Uh, this name DevScover, and uh, I ask you now, do you, if I told you the the phrase was DevScover, would what would you think of that? Would you think that's like a anagram or like a an acronym of something? Because most people don't get it, which is I, why I've now switched to just using my name. I've well, when I see the word Dev, automatically I'm just like I tune out. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's me. develop. I know it's develop, but I wouldn't put two and two together. Like, yeah, like yeah. so that's, that's what I, I don't thought. know what that is. Yeah. Okay. So I, I started out thinking it was like discover and then dev, like software dev, but it was like too vague, and I don't think anyone got it. So I see. Um, the yeah. YouTube channel now is just my name Wayne and then slash devscover. Uh, so I kind of have that, and my blog is just devscover, and my personal site's Wayne. So, uh, so that's re probably really confusing, and all of your listeners will probably like I have no idea where to go or, or what to look for now. But just. Yeah, Wayne slash DevScover. You know what's weird though? I, now that you've explained that, like that kind of sounds appealing to me. DevScover. Now that I oh, understand is it, that yeah. what it is? Yeah, DevScover. Yeah, yeah, like discover like, Dev. But discover. It's, it's too vague, right? Not really. I mean, like I said, because when I hear the it's word clever. Dev, I tune out just because I'm like, I don't understand <laughs> that. You know, I kind of my brain panics. But I knowing what you do. That makes sense to me. So it's like as a brand, for example, it's Wayne. And then I see Dev's cover. I understand it because I know who you are and what you do. So I think that's uh -huh. that's catchy. 
So I don't know if uh, I don't okay. think it's bad at all. Yeah. So that that's pretty cool. I mean, that's my personal, <laughs> but you know, I don't know. It's definitely <laughs> clever. It's clever. Yeah, I, I didn't. Like it. Yeah, I like it. It's it's catchy. You had to explain it to us, and I'm sorry about that. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's me but, and I mean, Chelsea. Wayne's, it's just us. It's just us. Wayne's not a common name, so I mean, even just searching my name will be a, a start, right? <laughs> yeah, and also I think yeah. at the end of the day, like you, you are branding yourself, right? It's you. It's you who what people want to watch. It's you who people want to listen to. So I think using your name is completely fine. I I use my yeah. name just yeah. because I couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> I use my name. <laughs> yeah. So I use my name only because it's easy to be like. Just look up my name. Like if somebody knows you, they know your name, and it just Chelsea's motivation that is that so she doesn't have to say anything else. It's just just look just up my look name. Look up my name. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know my name? Then you're good. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Wayne, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yes, and I, thank you. Yeah, I actually wanted to say that the reason why we started doing this new format, and I hope you guys enjoy it because Chelsea and I really love talking to you guys. Um, the reason yes. why Wayne is kind of like the uh, the 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 test subject for this for this trial the run guinea pig. the guinea pig that's it <laughs> the guinea pig. is because um he took the initiative to ask, actually message us and said hey you know um I would love to talk about what I do and you know my views on consecration and stuff like that and I thought that was amazing so I encourage you guys to um to do the same thing reach out you reach out ask not, us if you want to come on yeah and not only that like even in your lives like if you think you have something to offer Go for it. You might be surprised at what you might mm-hmm. get just by taking that initiative. So, yeah, that said, like what Chelsea, like what Chelsea just mentioned, reach out to us if you want to to have a, a a space where you can talk about what you do and share your thoughts and and just like have a, a healthy conversation with with us here. We encourage that. So send us an email or send a message to the uh, Coffee with Creators uh, IG account. You can also click the email button there. I think that should be enabled. Is that yeah. correct, Chelsea? Okay. So it should be. Yeah. Okay. I've been. Yeah. It should. What's the uh, What's so, the the IG account again? It, uh, it's just Coffee W Creators. Coffee W Creators. I thought it was like with. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't and then, sure. Well, the email is. Coffee with Creators Podcast at Gmail. Sorry, we couldn't find but, a shorter name. So it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I think Michael made that. So. I, I did make we'll, that we'll a long Michael. time ago. Well, it's, I wasn't <laughs> expecting us to last this long. So no, who would have? Yeah, so who it's, would have? it's awesome. But, Wayne, we appreciate yeah. it. Like it, we love it that you you reached out to us. Yes. We love that for the support and everything. And we would love to have you back. You know, whenever you're free, and you know, if you're not update busy, us on. Yeah, yeah, update us on what new you've created or if you have something yeah. new to share with um, the audience. Yeah, just hit us back up. Yeah. You know yeah, where to find us. Great, great talking to you. So, uh, yeah, thanks. We'll keep well, in touch. Well, thank you so much again, Wayne. Thank you. Once again, thank you all so much for listening to your favorite coffee and pizza crew. Until next time, I'm Chelsea. And I'm Michael. Signing, Signing off. Bye. Bye.